Hello, welcome to 360 Yourself, the podcast show centered around self-awareness and improvement. I'm Jamie Neal, host of 360 Yourself. So, a little bit of information of how the podcast came about. In 2014, I had a breakdown and was hospitalized. Too much work, too much anxiety, too much coffee, and not enough self-care. In the hospital, lying there with my thoughts, I had to rethink my entire way of life. The doctor said I was overworked and my body just gave up. Now, I'm not gonna say it wasn't scary, but it was a bit of a turning point for me. From there, I started to rebuild myself, reading hundreds of self-help books and questioning everything from, why do we have triggers? Why do we have egos? What is manifesting and what is identity? Many years later, someone recommended that I start a podcast because I've always been interested about how others lead their lives. And thus, 360 Yourself was born, interviewing incredible minds about how they understand themselves and how they utilize their knowledge and awareness to set out into their space. 360 Yourself is a dedicated podcast meeting brilliant and curious minds and looking at the world around them. I speak to artists, musicians, sports athletes, authors, CEOs, and experts in human behaviors, released every Sunday at 12 p.m. I ask questions about their mindset, journey, values, and ethos to fully understand how each of their minds work. How can we become more of ourselves to grow to the ultimate person we know we can be? If you do enjoy the episodes that you're listening to, please visit our Instagram page at 360 underscore yourself to let us know what you like and how you're learning. Or you can email us jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. That's jamie at 360yourself.co.uk. Hello, welcome back to 360 Yourself. That was a very low voice. Hello, hello, hello. Well, anyway, welcome back to 360 Yourself. You are here with me, obviously the host, Jamie Neal. Welcome back. Oh man, hasn't it been an amazing week? I mean, I don't know where you are in the world, but where I'm at in the UK at the moment, it is beautiful and sunny. Isn't it amazing how the sun comes out and all your worries and all your troubles and everything that you have going on, it just makes everything better. I can see why people in hot climates are generally more happy. I can understand most of Australia why they are happy like my friends in sydney i think they're just like running around just like drinking loads of fresh juice and just gone bondi beach and they're just oh they're just loving it anyway um welcome back of course uh to the podcast show we have an amazing guest for you um called manny so i really loved having manny on the show because he is this high-flying uh, senior vice president for this massive talent agency um, and I see him all over the world and I always wanted to know how he moves what he's thinking what is it like being in such a very noisy busy space and how do you find comfort in balance how do you how do you measure perspe- perspective on life, what's really important, especially when you're working at such a high, high level? There are so many things that can go wrong that seem massive in the moment, but actually in the grand things, grand scheme of life, things are not that bad. Um, you can eat, you've got money in your pocket, all that sort of stuff. And and it was so fascinating to talk to him about that. And, and a lot in my life as well is, is reflecting on what do we deem as important? What is really important in life and our, our friendships and our relationships? And he and he also shared as well the the, the tragic loss of uh, his father um, when he was uh, in COVID times about a couple of years ago. And uh, and I know that obviously when someone passes on, it's that missing them. It's the missing of the the energy, their voice, and it also puts things in perspective because we're all just transient we're all just beings just floating around and we're all going to leave this space at some point so how do you want to live how do you want to enjoy your world and your space do you want it to be giving joy and love as much as you possibly can or do you want to be living in fear and doubt and not pursuing the things that you want to pursue because of of, of fear And a lot of things in life are driven from fear. Fear not saying I love you. Fear of not wanting to or not being able to go after the things you want to go after. So this talk was so beautiful and so grounding in where 
I am at this moment in time and just a little hint into his life. So I hope this brings you as much joy as it did to me. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to 360 Yourself. Welcome to the podcast. I am doing very, very well. I am currently in um, in Jamaica where I took part in their carnival yesterday and I feel like I'm still on an amazing high from that experience yesterday. Well, so, I, so my usually my first question for a lot of people is where are you in the world? So you're in Jamaica. I've never been, been to Jamaica. That's so far away. That sounds so amazing. So... Tell me, are you from Jamaica? What's the what's the connection there, and how was the carnival? Um, no, so I'm Nigerian. Uh, my parents were born in Nigeria, and I was uh, born and raised in England. Um, but I am I do go to Jamaica a lot. Um, one of the I work as a talent manager, and one of the clients that I manage is uh, her family's from Jamaica, and so we do come here quite often for different work opportunities which is fab and I've really fallen in love with the country and this weekend was their annual carnival and it was just pretty spectacular like the costumes the dancing the food um, and the weather of course. It's always very handy when you have friends or clients in these beautiful beautiful places that's why as I got older I was like I need to find more friends in these exotic places like Cape Town and like Bali and like Vietnam. So I'm like, when I can, when I go over there, I can stay with people. Yeah. I, one on my bucket list was to travel to Brazil. And I was fortunate enough to go um, two years back for the carnival. And I always said that I wanted like um, a Portuguese like friends because uh, um, just to like help navigate like the space because um <clears throat> Um, unfortunately that didn't happen as yet but I did have an amazing experience regardless so yeah so I'm what, actually so... like on my Duolingo like trying to pick up some like Portuguese because I definitely want to go back so so the Brazilian so there, there's a massive so there's a massive carnival there what is it I'm assuming it's every year yeah it's every year um when um I actually went to the first one that they put on after the pandemic and it was just unlike anything I've seen before like the costume the dances the energy it was like a really late one which I didn't expect so I think we got there at around midnight and then it went on till about uh four um even past that wow I mean I can only imagine like like Notting Hill Carnival if, if anyone's listened that they've not been to Notting Hill Carnival if definitely you should go it is an experience obviously i'm i'm assuming it's probably very different to like brazil the brazilian carnival over there but i know that the Nottingham carnival gets pretty wild over the weekend yeah that's like my favorite thing um my favorite time of the year in london i feel like i just like now i'm thinking about it i feel like i've been to a lot of carnivals but unintentionally but i just love them all but Notting Hill Carnival was definitely is definitely my favorite, and I do go there every year. I was so upset I wasn't there last year um, when they came back for the first one after the pandemic. But um, I was in LA and I just been to London, so it just I just couldn't do that flight again as much as I would love to. But mm. Notting Hill Carnival for sure is is just an incredible experience. I I have I have some I had a friend who was basically just like I'm going to move to Notting Hill, and I was like, that's great. Notting Hill is amazing, but you also have to consider when the carnival's on, people obviously board up their windows and stuff. I even have one friend who lived in uh, lives in Carnival, uh, sorry, lives in Notting Hill, and basically bought cases and cases of water and made a lot of money selling water at, car at a carnival very smart people or even or even like <laughs> selling their toilet their toilet thing so they would use you give them like i don't know two three quid or five quid or whatever it is and they could you could use the toilet like people get so yeah, resourceful over COVID, over <laughs> over carnival yeah i mean i i think if i lived in that location like 
I definitely would not be leaving. I'd be opening up my house, being as entrepreneurial as I can, like being on the roof and just like enjoying the festivities. But I mean, there is so many people. So there's that whole thing as well. But it's, I mean, I've been there. I've been going since I was like a little kid and I've just had like really fond memories of it. So. Mm. So, so tell me, so you're, so you're born, uh, so you're born uh, in London and, um, <clears throat> you grew up and so then how did you get into doing vip talent management is that is anyone in your family creative like how did you know because i always find i always find it fascinating like people in london obviously or los angeles or new york are more accustomed to uh cultural things within the entertainment and theater world right so they, they can see theater they can see uh hollywood all that sort of stuff but if you like myself i'm from the, i'm from a, a small small village uh five hours from london so for me it was like going into london to see theater and stuff and i had to like really work to get my network and and to really like jump into the industry but for you being surrounded by that i'm assuming you already had like a bit of a footing in the space of entertainment already um yeah, I, I think that's probably an interesting perspective, but that's not um, my um, how I found myself in this industry. So um, <clears throat> I was um, originally born in Coventry, um, and then I moved to um, London with my family um, much later. And so for me, like coming from Coventry, which was a very, very small um, town, and then being in London was like, a big adjustment <clears throat> and um and so it's it's something that I'm definitely grateful for but in terms of what I wanted to do at my career um I had no idea I didn't even know that it was possible to be in an industry that I'm in now because it just wasn't something that I was aware of um even being in London because I was still quite I guess rural in the places that I I was I grew up in and it was only until um, I reached university. Um, <clears throat> my parents were big on um, academic, um, obviously being from um, like from an African household and being Nigerian. Um, it was it was the whole um, thing where they wanted everyone to be like either a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer. Um, and then, I guess during university. Um, is where my path from that veered <laughs> slightly and i ended up doing a, a humanities degree um in sociology because i just really loved um social policy um i really loved what what i was doing with my a levels and i just wanted to continue it and then um from when i was in university i just found that i had um so much free time on my hands um i was living on campus um in middlesex university so i was in the Enfield um, location and yeah I was just doing um, work experience um, how I would like do my um, uh, anytime I had like assignments I'd always have the radio on and um, I saw um, an ad come on the radio asking for like um, like interns and like uh, people to work on their street team and in their publicity department like interning and so I applied to that because I would always have the radio on whenever I do my work. Um, and that was kind of my first like step into, I guess, entertainment. Um, and then from there, I just loved it. So when I graduated, <clears throat> I ended up uh, moving into fashion and was doing fashion internships um, just in their marketing and PR departments. And then I guess from there, I just kind of kept moving to different companies. So um, mm. I started at Stella McCartney interning, then I moved to Arcadia, then I moved to River Island, then I moved to Harrods. So I just kept like moving around because I liked what I was doing, but I recognized that each of these like jobs just weren't exactly the right fit. And I guess now on hindsight, I was basically gathering the bits that I liked from different um, jobs, the bits I didn't like, and basically like fashioning what it is that I wanted to do going forward. And what, what, and what that kind of boiled down. 
is oh, is that sorry is is the things of what you liked and what didn't like is that because of the company and the way that the company was going do where company was operating was that, or was that because of the that particular industry that of those certain clients yeah so it, it was like different things so like um uh being like um very junior in in fashion is doing stuff for a labor of love because you're like underpaid and underappreciated it's um, it's like it's like the mailroom like anyone who's in there yeah. it's like being in the mailroom yeah so it was it was everything from like you know getting like people's like lunches like coffees like staying up all night to do like um like fashion week invites like all of those things and like it's interesting because you realize like um how much of an important role you can have um at such a junior level and you know when you see things like um into fruition like you work on like events or you work on uh, fashion shows and you and you've worked on it from the start and like you can see you know your cog in like the system and like how it all shapes and that part was really interesting um and i just felt like um there was a lot of things that would i would be really excited to work on like when we would do stuff which was more talent facing i would like really get excited to like be liaising with um you know different people's teams and publicists and prs and managers and and uh yeah and there was other stuff that like i didn't quite like like you know the admin side and stuff but then still like realizing like you know how vital and necessary that was but um so and and with these type of jobs i guess you you move quite quickly like it's it's easy to like advance up and then also the people who um you were with at the same time like they're all moving up as, as well and so it's it's a whole it becomes like a um like it's just really good for like networking and like meeting people and it's like oh this person i interned with is now like styling beyonce or this person is now like this highly respected film agent and stuff so it's like all of these things that um you got when you were like everyone kind of like started like interning and so yeah i guess as i was moving around there were like different things that i like basically got from different companies and i guess that helped become like more like a talent manager so and working on brand partnerships and stuff and that wasn't something that i knew was possible at the time brand partnerships for anyone who doesn't know what that is i'm sure people do but essentially it's basically connecting talent with brands that align with with each other and it i I, i've always find it it needs a very open creative mindset to be able to see the wider picture and to connect the dots i think anyone that does these sort of partnership things really has to see it from a, a zoomed out perspective yeah definitely correct and i think a lot of it is like looking at like a bigger picture of the talent or the artist that you're working for and I think when I come to um, working on brand partnerships for a client, um, it's really super vital to know what their whole strategy is in terms of, you know, what is their end goal? And then what are the steps to get towards it? What are the five-year plans? What's the three-year plans? What's the two-year plans? What's the most immediate plans? And then finding what like are the partnerships that most align to where it is that they want to go so like it could be such like a big gap from 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 one side to the other side but it's if it's something that you can see like what the end result hopefully is then it it's really good to help map out the type of things that they should be doing in order to get there Mm. have you I, i was having a conversation with someone quite recently about brands and talent and we think about uh like the days of Mol- um, Marilyn Monroe where she was obviously a brand within herself and she's a talent but now we also have these this this split between brand talent and entrepreneurs where you see like Ryan Reynolds is a brand 
but he's also a crazy entrepreneur who's making some really bold moves and selling companies. And I, I think you see this more now with actors and musicians who are crossing into different borders or different industries, setting up companies, products, going into tech, creating their own advertising companies, production companies. So it, it, it must be a really wide strategy to cover so many bases if now talents are brands and entrepreneurs and are investors in companies and etc so their portfolio is so much bigger now yeah definitely and i think it's what's really interesting is that seeing uh the change that's in the industry and it's like also people recognizing that the value that they have and so i think once you um are you've reached a certain level of fame and you do have an audience and an, an engaged audience then it really is what you what you can make of that and i think you know if you look at like um like you know retirement strategies or what people want to do after you know after they like act or after they finish modeling or singing or anything it's like well what is that next thing i'm sure like even the most like <clears throat> the best entertainers in the world don't necessarily want to be doing like a hundred uh, like uh city tour dates <laughs> you know along their like 80s like to try and like get income and i think it's really interesting when you look at like you know you can't you don't necessarily need to be confined to um your specific uh profession if there's like mm -hmm. talent and there's interest and also there's like a really good team behind you, then really the sky's the limit. And I think that that's something that's super, super important. Um, and something that like, as somebody who plays like a behind the scenes role in that, um, I definitely, and I feel like I came from quite an unorthodox way into the industry myself. So it's something where I can I can totally get behind it, and I think it's like a great uh, place that we're in. Mm. How do you, how so within your busy schedule as because you are um, SVP uh, of the of the company? How do you because you're always I'm assuming trying to navigate and develop and create conversation around talent and the clients you're working with and so going out like is anyone who works in music is always out at gigs like my friends are always out at gigs that's the thing right they work in the day but they also have to go in the evening how do you find balance and the anxiety of moving around and shifting all the time so um yeah I, and i and i honestly feel like it's it's one of the most important things because you know working sometimes and i just think generally when you work a lot and there's not really a clear like um check-in and check-out time it kind of is hard to find that balance because you can sometimes feel like you're always on the wheel or you're always on the beck and call to like other people and it's like well how do i find time to for myself and to nurture my relationships with my family and friends and xyz so i think it's a great question and it's like for me um <clears throat> a lot of it has been like trial and error <laughs> but for now i think the thing that works for me is definitely um is yoga and and every time i say it i feel like it sounds very like pretentious but honestly it, it has been um the biggest well, you're, breakthrough you're in um, the right place in in los angeles you're doing yoga so you're fine <laughs> yeah so i i do um bikram yoga or hot yoga as it is now called yeah and um and i just find that um it helps to keep me in alignment and feel in equilibrium because there is like a lot of highs and a lot of lows that come in with your with the type of uh, work that i do so i'm grateful for my practice because it really encourages me to look inwards and um it's kind of without the pretense and the and, and superficialness that's sometimes tagged on with um the profession that i'm in and it just makes me it just helps me like find balance 
Um, and then there is my godchildren and I'm and my niece who has just been born. <laughs> um, Congratulations. And I'm I, I thank you very much. And I'm fully obsessed with them. Um and like their minds and how they piece information together and just and just like watching them and just thinking like wow you're you're like this little person and you have so much like life um and definitely on a bad day i like facetime them and it's like the perfect elixir to like anything so um what, what would you yeah, what, I, I, I think this what would you class as a bad day then what would what would sort of okay, bring what would bring you down day... <clears throat> A bad day is, say you've been trying to work on a deal for a client and then um, the deal uh, goes away, which can be for a number of reasons. They which could happens all the time, have, yeah. Yeah, they offer it to someone else. There's like, um, it's like, <clears throat> the, or it just doesn't work. They can't get to your rate, everything like that. Or it could be a day where it just feels very full on and intense. And I feel like, you know, when you're working with creative people, they can get very high and very low. And being in oh, that, yeah. uh, in that whole ecosystem, it, it does like you know have like an effect. Like it is, it's, it's energy at the end of the day. Um, and then you can also just feel disappointed for like your losses, um, for stuff that didn't happen or didn't go to plan or, or stuff that happens and it's not really greatly received there's, there could be like a number of things so yeah there's there's definitely uh bad yeah. days <laughs> I, I i i think i think anyone who's working directly with talent i always say this to everyone that if you work with talent because you are you are juggling your own emotions plus you're juggling their emotions and when they're having an, an artist, we all know this, artists are up and down. And some of the best artists make the best work when they are down. Case example, Adele, when every time she has a breakup, she has a new album. And and as a, as a manager or as a talent or record label, whoever, you're always managing their emotions and, and unfortunately taking it on. And that's sort of the role um as someone who's supporting and representing these talents and I, and I can only imagine how it can be quite a lot on your own energy so that's why I was like what's your balance and how what is a down day for you because I'm assuming you're always juggling everyone's energy and it must be so tiring especially in the, the such highs that in the world that you work in there are probably so many highs and then because it's so big and glamorous and lovely that the lows must just go like you really need to find that groundness when you have the that low because it's such a massive spike um yeah it's it it, it definitely does get like that and but also i think it's perspective at the end of the day as well because you know i think working in entertainment industry is like it, it's one of the most rewarding things but then also it can be like one of the most like ridiculous things sometimes and how you know <laughs> yeah people yes. can have like <laughs> like when when you really kind of get to the bottom of it and you and you think oh well you know we're all having like such like big conversations about something that really in the outside world is super significant it, insignificant should i say but it's yeah. become this such big thing um and so sometimes like just taking a step back and just being like okay <laughs> as they say you know we're not saving lives <laughs> it's it's a very kind of we're fortunate to be in this situation and i think you know it is just um trying to find that perspective but then sometimes i i've been in it where it's like you know you think something's ruined and it's like the slightest thing. And I think when you work with people who it's like, they sometimes wear their like heart on their sleeves because there are, is something that they're very passionate about. So mm. those conversations do happen a lot, but then it, it more so goes to prove the, like the, like the real heart and soul that some people put into like their their chosen profession so it is admirable in the sense and like it is something that i do understand but then also just having that outside perspective and being like you know 
everyone should take a breather. <laughs> well, because I, 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 I always think about the world that we're living in at the moment in time. And, and I think when you work in entertainment and you're doing like the guest list or whatever, and someone's like, oh my God, this person isn't here, or this person's late. And then you think about like Ukraine and, and Russia. You just it does, and also, and also the uh, the crazy, crazy thought, and this is a wild thought, but literally the planet is floating in nothing. That in instantly boggles my mind and grounds me so much that I'm like, literally, the planet is flo- floating in nothing. And then I go, yeah. wow, actually, I didn't get this thing. Fa- fine. What does it mean in the next hundred years? Probably not, because <laughs> we won't be around. Well- well, I, I think I think that's that's really interesting, and sometimes it's e- easier said than done. But you know, one of the important things that like I <clears throat> always say to myself or, or clients is like breathe, <laughs> and it, it sounds like like such a silly thing to say, but for me, it's it's how I can sometimes ground myself and come back to self because you can it can be like a whirlwind of, of stuff that you can get caught up in. And I think it's just so important to just realize that, you know, you have breath, we are alive. <laughs> we can take some time and just like, actually just like focused mm. on the breath. And it's something that I do when I'm in my, my yoga class or whatever, or like when I get like very like upset about something, it's just, you know, it's just to remember to just like breathe. <laughs> and I think that's just my reminder that, you know we are where we are and also that <clears throat> it is going to be fine <laughs> mm. have have you ever felt lost in this world of what you're making and creating the because the i again when you're in uh, an artist-led space the word purpose comes out a lot have you ever felt lost in the noise of what you're making or trying to pursue um yes i think um it's definitely conversations i've had with myself and i think um it's more so um i feel it sometimes when i look at some of my peers and i see that they have like you know um have settled down and have families and like kids and i feel like i'm just like um just the like like still in my like delinquent phase where I'm just like traveling and not really like putting down serious roots anywhere. Um, so sometimes I do have that where I feel like, you know, um, what actually am I doing and am I making a difference? And, you know, or there's been like a particular tense moment and I feel like, um, yeah, like, like as to you said, it's like, what is your purpose? And I realized that, <clears throat> For me, like, I definitely feel like what I'm doing now um, is along the lines of, like, what I was destined to do. Like, definitely to work behind the scenes um, and to basically, like, for me, it was my purpose in the industry to create more um, equality between, um, between, like, the people in the industry so like for me a lot of the talent that I work with um are like uh ethnic minorities or are black or women and I feel like what and I feel like they're important for me to work on because um I just want to create more fairness in the industry when it comes to like you know visibility when it comes to um pay when it comes to so many things in the industry where there's like, I feel like there's a big disparity. Um, I definitely want to come to like be somebody who's like championing like diversity um, number one. And so even when um, sometimes when I feel like, am I making a difference? I think that whole thing is what I try and remember. And that was the whole reason of me wanting to be in the industry. So do you do you have a a very strong mother is your is your mum very strong willed and how 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 did she affect you because it's so interesting that you specifically 
work with very strong willed women within your space. And I wonder if that was affected by having a really strong mother. Yeah, actually, probably my sister, like my sister is like, um, she's been such like a huge influence on me, um, as well as my mom. My mom's like an Aries like myself. So like, she's she's definitely like fire. <laughs> so it's definitely something that uh, we have that's similar. But I think definitely growing up, I, I feel like I was... My first like love um, inspiration has always been like uh, the women around me and the women in my household. And then like later the like singers that I was obsessed with when I was younger. So I've always been like really just like fixated with like strong women um, or women who I perceived as strong. Um, mm-hmm. So it's always some something that like... Um, yeah has been like my inspiration throughout and and that's not to say like you know like um you know in talent you work across the gamut but I just think for me um in terms of the talent that I I really resonate with um I it is like women for sure um but yeah we do work with male talents and 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 actually they're dare I say it some of them anyway um are a lot easier but for me I just love um working with women and and have you seen a shift in your in the last i don't know uh 15 years of you gracing this space and the we call it obviously the habit women having the seat at the table have you seen a massive shift of women really having a voice of their own how they want to conduct their business and their journey rather than just leaving it to the managements or to the to the talent talent agents um okay i i'm not i think i maybe gradually have been i think what i've seen more so than anything is like is is women being able to speak about it like openly and have a forum and have like you know like um other women and and, and like networks where things like this are being discussed and and out in the open so that people are aware um and i think gradually it will like lead to like more change and i think change is like slower but what i what i have seen and what i appreciate more is just the people opinion people's opinions on it and people speaking on it um i think you know like right now there's like so many like amazing like trans voices that we're hearing and like trans women in the industry who are like really making a mark and like changing like the landscape for everyone and I think that that's like super amazing to see so I just feel like it's it's definitely in the right direction I think it could be quicker but I'm just I appreciate the the voices and and the people speaking about things like this yeah because you you see it a lot more in entertainment within directing and the, the award ceremonies where they're saying oh this there's three nominations for the best female best director who and three female and it's really really great that especially within that fit, that field of film that more women are getting the recognition and it's just nice to see especially within companies as well in tech there's more vps there's more people who are ceos obviously there's a lot of room to grow and to to shift but it's been great over the last 10 years and and speaking and i have and i'm also like you as well i really resonate with really strong females and i love strong females within my space I don't know why it is. I just, I just love, I love ambition, and I like people who want to be at the seat, at the table, and really take ownership of of their space. And I just, I've just really enjoyed a lot of my female friends really owning their stuff and really building what they want to build and being heard. And I think that's what anyone, I mean, across the board, we all want to be heard for what we believe in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm. I- I think I like I couldn't agree with you more and it just is a situation that I've kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But it's yeah, it's sorry. it's 
it's no it's fine it's it's important though for us to have these conversations as well and and really also enjoy having these strong-willed women around our spaces and just being really i think i think cuz me personally i i i'm not an alpha i mean alpha male whatever you whatever you call it even if it's a thing i'm not really alpha I'm really, I'm really sort of beta, and so I, I, I love having really strong women around me that I can learn from, and I'm not, I'm not jealous, I'm not threatened, and I really love it because I really learn from them a lot, and I think more conversations about equality across the board we should be having and noticing when there is inequality just across the board of life. Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, as you said, it is amazing that there are that there are these people who are like out in the public eye who, you know, are changing the status quo. But then also, and I feel like it just needs to start from like every single area. So it's like, you know, if there is like a female director, then, you know, how many females are there generally on set from like the AD to like production to uh, you know lighting sound like engineering and stuff and just making sure that there is representation in all of those like key areas also and not just like you know from the director or or stuff like that so um but yeah I I feel like also like I, I sometimes don't feel like I have much of a voice like I'm not really somebody who's like public facing in terms of like like would do like you know speeches or like be in front of the camera so a when i do things like this i get incredibly like nervous and think like i'm saying the wrong things so then i also like you know that's also another factor of why i like working with like really like people who like have an opinion and like are like great speakers and stuff because i feel like they (laughs) they can kind of like i can almost like in me being playing like a behind the scenes role, I can really help like get their voices out. And in turn, it's kind of mine in the same, in the same sense as well. well so it's like, you I, really take. I appreciate you coming on the show though. And, and chatting um, considering you wouldn't, because you speak so eloquently and, and every, but also everyone has their, their own opinion as well. And everyone has sees things in a certain way, but I, it's really interesting how you, how you say that, you are behind the scenes and their voice also includes your voice. It's quite nice how you say that. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, not in terms of to try and like um, to take anything away from what they're saying, because it's very important, but then I just appreciate that like their voice is something that's very important and should be heard. And I think my talent is in, is in getting that across to the masses more so than it is um my own <laughs> so mm. I, I i i am really thankful to the people that i get to work with and the people that who i get to kind of like build a relationship with and and get to be able to communicate that to like different brands and and like a wider audience mm. and over your the, the lifetime that you've spent on this earth is there one point in your life that has probably challenged you the most that you can think of that really defined you or even set you on a different course mentally or even physically within career or life? Um, Yes. Um, So um, during the pandemic, um, I lost my father and it was, uh, thank you. And it was honestly um, such a very like challenging time for me and my family. And it definitely um, was an eye opener because for me, my dad was this like rock and he was like the definition of, you know, a family man. And like he was very kind of um, <clears throat> like regimented and somebody who like always like mean like meant what he said like did what he was what he said he was going to do and everything and I think um having him like no longer on this physical earth 
um, was something that was like incredibly challenging because also it made me just like address like my relationship um, that I had with him. And I think it was just something that I just wasn't really um, prepared for. And I think <clears throat> it has no one is. changed no one's me. Prepared. Like, I know. And it's, and it's like changed me in like ways that like, I can't even really fully articulate. I'm just, it's just made me a lot grateful for, um, for the, for my family that are here. And also just like, um, it's, it's made me have a lot more love and respect for him um, in terms of me thinking about the memory. So I'm like super grateful for the time that I got to spend with him. But it is something that whereby my um, my thoughts on it change as I think about it all the time. But you know, the the main thing of it is 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 there's a lot of gratitude there. So yeah, Thank, thanks for sharing that. I know um, it's a bit of a sore sore spot. Um, and, I know uh, I'm saying it like I feel like my voice is like crackling. And I'm like no, I'm no. so like okay about it, but like. I just I I do, I don't get to talk about it a lot and and when I do I guess I don't know how to talk about it without feeling like so much emotion behind it and so yeah yeah I mean I asked my dad um a, a while ago I was like because my dad was very very close to his mum and I said do you ever think about Nan or your mum and he says every single day bearing in mind my Nan died in 1999 and we're now 2023 that's 23 years of every day and you never not you never not remember them or you never not miss them it just becomes a bit lighter and i think when you is that saying when you when you when someone's gone within this this your space whether that is a best friend that they've left and they've gone to like move to a different country or someone's passed away or you've broken up with your partner, that that initial space that was occupied that now is not, it puts so much more in perspective the energy that they possessed and how much effect they had on you, plus how much you've learned from them. And I and I believe when someone does leave your space it becomes you become much more grounded i feel on what is really real in life and we get so consumed by our ambitions and wants in these very hyper localized macro spaces of a a deal being done or i'm working with this person or I didn't get that, or I didn't get that, or that didn't go wrong, or the term sheet, whatever. And you become much more aware of how you emotionally deal with those things because of the the longing of that person that now no longer is in your space. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's like a, a great way to like put it. And I just feel, um, yeah, that I think there's something to be said about loss in general. And even like when you're working in the industry, you realize that like nothing really lasts like forever. It's like no one's going to be like as popular as they were like, you know, five or 10 years ago or however long the career there's 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 like ups and downs. And I feel like just when like stuff like this happens, it it helps put things into perspective in terms of like, thinking that there is like a a bigger plan and a purpose to this and I feel like in say in the beginning of my career I would have never in a million years thought that you know from like interning for free and like working all these long hours that I would be able to like have a life that's based in LA and 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 travels and be able to work with some artists who are like my biggest inspirations and be able to like witness amazing things um and i just think it's just like as long as 
really trying to like find the lesson in things um is is something that i always try and like um encourage for myself is to find that you know there is like um there's like a method to like the madness i would say there's like a lesson in everything and mm. and i do think it's uh it can be quite um um like poetic in a sense when you think about um like the people who have like been in your life the people who have like uh who come and go and just like how life unfolds in general and just trying to like keep a good perspective on it mm. and one final thing before we finish the podcast is uh we love to ask our guests the give back what would you give back to your younger self or someone listening that has inspired you it could be a book a painting a mantra a quote whatever what would you give um i would say um ooh, to i'll speak to my younger self i think and hope it finds resonance in others but i would say to basically not um outsource my own happiness um and so when i say that i mean um it isn't recognizing that it isn't someone else's responsibility to make me happy and it's like and that falls on myself and i feel like me like knowing that from a young age <laughs> um would have been beneficial because i feel like you know i feel like everybody has the tools within them to figure it out ultimately whatever the case that is and i just want to like for my younger self i would just want to really like bang on to that fact that you are enough and and, any, and you do have the tools you need to go to where you want to go lovely thank you so much you have been 360 thank you very much thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our awesome guests please subscribe to our podcast to access all our astonishing episodes released every sunday 12 p.m we are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram for more discussions, education, and inspiration at 360 underscore yourself. The host, that's me, Jamie Neal, on Instagram at Jamie Neal JN. And once again, thank you for listening and remember to 360 yourself.